What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. I am your host, Josh Levine, and I am joined here by my longtime friend and my co-host, Travis Hatch. And today, I mean, let's face it, we got to talk about some serious shit, all right? Some of us have a pretty bad relationship with money. A lot of us have a pretty bad relationship with money. Most of our parents probably do too. It's not taught in school. And we're kind of left to fend for ourselves. It's not really fair, but it's the way the world is. So we have someone today to tell you about how she went from food stamps to multiple six figures and is going to tell teach us some very key ways that she was able to maximize and improve upon her relationship with money. I mean, would you like to have a better relationship with money? Would you like to work less, make more, and have more fun? Yes, please. So today in this episode, we have Dr. Amanda Barentes, a no-fucking-around business consultant who helps people heal their relationship with money. We'll learn her top three competing commitments that keep all entrepreneurs stuck, go through our own use cases of which of them might be holding us back, build practical steps to increase profitability. And we even have a very compelling conversation towards the end of the podcast about the power of manifestation, visualization and other forms of gratitude to actually help you get what you want out of life. So before we get into it, as always, we ask that if you love this episode, please give us five stars on Apple or a follow on Spotify. Share us on your socials. You can find me at Josh Levine Fitness, Travis at Travis Hawks Media, and Dr. Amanda Barentes at NFA Money. Stands for No Fucking Around Money. Links are in the show notes. Now get ready because we have some incredible eye-opening conversation and some life-changing action steps coming at you with Dr. Amanda Barentes. We'll see you inside. excited to have you on because I think that a lot of people struggle with their finances. A lot of people struggle with money. A lot of people stress about money, man, in my, in my business, um, as a, as a full-time online coach, like most of what we run into, most objections are financial. Uh, and really we know that they're just not, it's, it's a perceived value thing, but a lot of people stress about money. And so I would love to hear well, one, allow you to introduce yourself and, and, and kind of hear where you've come from and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. You want me to dive in right now? Let, let's let's do it. Like, <laughs> let's do it. We got, awesome. We're going to get deep on today's podcast. Okay. I love it. I love deep. You know, first, I want to say you're exactly right. I, I tell people that money and sex are the two things that no one wants to talk about at the dinner table. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> There's a ton of shame around it. There's embarrassment, there's fear, there's guilt, there's uncertainty, there's doubt. You know, like I'm an investor, so I always think of FUD, uh, mm -hmm. fear, uncertainty, and doubt in money. Mm -hmm. You know, we often think about it as, you know, investing, and it's like really imposter syndrome FUD for online entrepreneurs is huge. It's probably the number one thing that we struggle with. And the fear, uncertainty, and doubt has to do with making money, which has to do with sales fears. And are we good enough? And how do we create programs that people will buy? And then what do we do when someone objects on a console. I mean, there's so much involved in money blocks. And so, you know, that's where I am today in my business because getting to work with a lot of different types of entrepreneurs that made all different levels of money in different areas of the world and did different types of businesses, they all had similar blocks. And I saw it over and over and over again. And I thought, okay, there, there's something here. I needed to create a solution for this because I went from food stamps to building a business in my first year, I went six figures. And so I teach people the tricks that I learned to do that. So, you 
you know, for me, my entrepreneurial journey started really crying on the floor one night. And I, I sat up, I, I, I had left my 15 year marriage having an affair. My next relationship wasn't working out. So here I am at the sitting and looking at this empty basement because my, my partner boyfriend had moved out and he, the basement was empty. And I'm just sitting there crying and going like, God, my life is a mess. I'm in grad school. I had three kids and my free counselor had told me, you got to go on food stamps. Like I was super stressed about money. I didn't have enough to, I didn't even know where I was going to live because at the time I was in Boulder, Colorado, super expensive place. And I'm on a grad school stipend. And I was like, Oh my God, I, I don't know. I was terrified. And in that moment, when I sat up and I thought, what is the common problem here? It's me. I really realized like I'm the common denominator. And I decided I'm willing to do whatever it takes to shift in a new direction. And that led me to podcasts because I was so busy and I didn't have a lot of money to invest. And I didn't even know at the time I could best invest in workshops to better myself, really. I just, it wasn't in my world, really. And so I started listening to podcasts on double speed, like all the time, you know, when I was washing the dishes and taking my kids to school and riding my bike to school and walking between classes. And I just started listening and listening. And I started to realize there's answers. And, you know, I think the way the world works in this magical way is at the same time, my department had this national news fallout where professors were leaving and people were stressed. And I was going, I don't want to be a professor, which was, I was on my way to be a professor. And so I thought, huh, all of these podcasts are done by coaches. I love teaching. What if I just took the leap and decided to build my own business and got to teach and got to like help people with actual things that really empower them. And so when I graduated, I decided I'm going to take the leap. I took the leap. And then that first year I went six figures. And so, you know, it's, it's been a lot of, a lot of winding roads since then in terms of what I've what I've focused on and what I've learned, but now it's turned into that money blocks because it's really the basis of the foundation of your business success. If you have unconscious blocks, which we all do, you can't break through the ceiling of success easily. You might be able to get pretty far, but you don't feel very good doing it. Mm -hmm. So it was a long answer. (laughs) Yeah, no. And and no, and that was amazing. It provided a lot of information as to like what kind of where you came from. Now, did you, did you grow up understanding money and understanding finances? No. So do you think that that's like, is that common? And what was it like learning that? And then like putting it into a framework that you could teach people? Cause that's the hard part. Yeah. You know, I, I think this something that's really sad, you know, when we were talking about how people don't talk about money, most parents don't talk to their kids about money. They, no. and it's because they have their own shame and fear and doubt and uncertainty around it usually. And, or I see a lot of times parents are really empowered with money, but they still don't talk to their kids about it. So then the kids don't really have their own money habits in play for success. And so it's this hidden conversation that nobody really has very rarely. I'd say 1% of people grow up having a really empowered relationship with money and knowing how to think about money in the proper ways. And when I say proper, like empowered ways, because we teach our kids, you got to work hard to make money, go to school, get good grades, you know, get a good job, go to college, all those things. And realistically, what if we switch that and we start teaching our kids, how can you learn to have money, make money for you? You know, how can you create passive streams? of income? How can it be as fun as possible to learn about the money-making game? And like, let's actually empower kids at a younger age to create a healthy relationship with money instead of fearing it or, or being infatuated with it and thinking it's going to solve all the problems. Like there's so many money blocks that we have that get embedded when we're kids. And so no one talks about it. And so, you know, in my family, 
what I learned about money was a lot of fear and stress. Um, my parents were both, my dad was really a serial entrepreneur and they were both entrepreneurs. My mom had a housekeeping business and my dad had many different types of businesses, some highly successful and some not successful. And then my first husband was an entrepreneur and he was definitely not an empowered businessman. <laughs> you know, he's really good at what he did, but he wasn't great at business. And so again, we had a lot of ups and downs. So I never thought I would go into entrepreneurship because I thought that is not secure. And I've seen everybody struggle with it and I don't want that. But then, you know, when I started down my path, I realized like, oh, you're, you know, life is what you create it. Your, your money reality is what you make it to be. And so entrepreneurship to me is one of the greatest opportunities to have unlimited income and unlimited impact. And you can make as much money as you want to make. And so, you know, start to map that and go, okay, there's a lot of shame and fear and doubt and guilt. And that's a really low energetic frequency. And you can't be successful when you're in that space of constant fear and doubt. You know, one way it'll show up is when you're, let's say talking to someone that you want to work with or a customer or client, you're sending out this desperate vibe. You know, it's like mm -hmm. no one wants to work with you when you're just desperate and needy. And so just that alone causes people a lot of problems when they're starting businesses. How, yep. how do you like, how do you, you know, get out of that head space? Because like, obviously it's really hard to be like, okay, I need to, go into a sale, not being like, I need this sale when you need the sale. Like if you need that sale to buy food for that week, and if you don't get it, you're not gonna be able to eat or you're not gonna be able to pay your rent. It's, it's hard to, um, go into it with a, with the mentality. Like, I don't really need this, even though that mentality is what's probably going to get you the sale. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how yeah. do, how do we do that? <laughs> Well, I would say, you know, there's many things, many answers to that question. The first is I always recommend for people not to start businesses when they're in this famine state of their lives. Like you start a business where you're in desperate need, you're going to start your business from a place of desperation and people can feel it. And so if possible, don't do that. <laughs> so I like to help people with a transitional plan, you know, where they go, okay, what's the right moment at which to take the full-time leap? And, and how do I start a business and set it up for success from the beginning? When I started, I, you know, I started I, I, on food stamps. And so I was building my own website and doing pretty much everything I could bootstrapping and everything I did, I did for free. And I just had a really high ROI return. And when I said, okay, I, I basically had a couple of months of living money in the bank. And I was like, I'm going all out NFA style. <laughs> NFA, my, my company name, right? I'm like I'm going NFA style. And I've got two months to just get enough business going to have something fly. Now I could do that because my living expenses were incredibly low because I was used to living in subsidized housing and on food stamps, right? Not everybody can do that. And so first, set yourself up for success by having a strategic plan. And then second, if you are in that space, you, you got to do a lot of mindset work. And I always tell people, look for the path to fastest cash. So often when people are building businesses and building their, their wealth, they're looking at this huge number that they want to create because they have this big vision, which is awesome. And you got to think... You, you got to start taking steps in the direction of quick wins. So you first want to go like, what is my fastest, easiest way to make money? Because I need to get some wins so that I can build that confidence and not have that desperate feeling that everybody else can feel. Because at this minute you're in a state of need and lack and doubt and desperation, people can smell it a million miles away and it doesn't work well. I, mm -hmm. I like, I know I hate when people that I work with are like that. <laughs> and I tried to be, I tried to be like more understanding. Cause I'm like, 
I'm like one step away from being where you are right now. But like when people are coming at me with like that, you know, desperate like energy, it's like really hard for me even to be like, to be under, be understanding. And I'm, and I always try to say, I'm like, imagine how the client feels. I care about the client doesn't give mm-hmm. a shit about you. Like if you're coming at yeah. them with this energy, like think how they feel. They're like, they get like grossed out and like, uh, like freaked <laughs> out by it. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. It's hard it's obviously, sleazy. but yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a tough, tough aspect of it for sure. Well, it's, you know, it's why we sales gets the rap of like sleazy salesperson. Cause you have mm-hmm. that, that desperate slimy feeling and no one wants to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And you know, I always tell people think of it like a relationship. Like, have you ever been in a relationship where someone's chasing you and they desperately need to be with you and you just turn the you run the other way you're like get away from me i don't want this same thing in sales you know and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be that way so you know love yeah go for it i was just gonna say like when when you're you were starting your business on food stamps you didn't have a lot to give and it sounds like you gave a lot away like in order to get to like in order to get you had two months and you're not going right in and like asking people for money. You probably did a lot of stuff for free to be honest. Right. You know, I think it's, I got so lucky that I, that I ran into money mindset work really early on because it caused me to have a lot more confidence and to ask for what I'm worth. So, you know, right now, like one of the main things I help people do is charge what they're worth. Mm-hmm. And, and in that way, it's like, yes, when I very first started, I, w- I actually got assigned a free client in this program I was in to practice. And then he gave me, he, I started to have it framed on my wall up here. So you, you can see it over here. It's a $5 bill. Cause he, I'm like, you want to be my first paying client? And he pulled five bucks out of his wallet and gave me $5. <laughs> I'm like, cool. It's a start. <laughs> and then, you know, I, did a few, I, I did, I put content out there for free, but yep. then what I did was I started going to networking events in person and I decided like, okay, I've got a base package. I know that you can charge more for packages. And I, I was very confident in that I could get people results. Cause I had saw what was happening for me in my life. You know, I was like, I know that this works because man, I have changed immensely. I mean, I repaired my relationship with my ex-husband, that guy that moved out and I got back together. Like there was all this amazing stuff that was going on my money. I started investing and my money started accelerating. And I was like, this stuff works. So I know I can help people. So when I went out to, to, to sell my services and sell my programs, I just decided I'm just going to start at the highest stretch amount that I possibly can. And I'm going to have a powerful conversation and I'm going to, and then I'm going to make sure I get results no matter what. And so I did that. And then what would happen is like, I'd have a, you know, obsession with someone, someone go, you get, you need to double your price. Like I had someone say, double your prices. And so the next consult I went to, I doubled my price and I got it. And I was like, this is just perceived value. Holy moly. Mm -hmm. Like I've got to up-level my value on myself and then people will pay that. And so it, it got to be this really fun game of like, you know, how, what's the stretch point of myself and the stretch point of, of, of results I can get for people. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really challenging thing for most entrepreneurs, especially when they get started is like, like you said, there's a perceived value on both ends for yourself, like, and for the customer, you have to believe in it and you have to get comfortable with it. So, I mean, we're kind of segueing into one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which is like charging what you're worth. And you talk a lot about money blocks. And I think in order to like best understand this segment, let's dive into really quickly, like what are money blocks? What are common money blocks? Just so people listening can be like, okay, yeah, no, I do do that. 
Yeah. 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 And I, and I love it because I have people tell me all the time, I love money. I am great with money. I don't have any money blocks. I'm like, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. I literally said that like right before we got on the show. I was yeah. like, I think I'm pretty good, but I want yeah. you to be wrong. And then, well, and then we have these conversations and I can see the money blocks just in the mm-hmm. languaging people use and, and, the, and not all, always, but here's the thing. I have money blocks. Every single person has money blocks because money blocks show up in ways that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So let's talk first, what are money blocks? So as I was working with all different types of entrepreneurs, I started to see common patterns of that they would say one thing and do another. Like we all see this, right? People say they want to build a six figure business. They say they want to be successful. And then they sit on their phone and goof around on Facebook for five hours, right? Like it's a very common example. (laughs) And, And so what's going on there? And I just saw this time and time again. And what I came to term this as is competing commitments. So competing commitments are when you have your unconscious battling your conscious. So your unconscious thoughts, decisions, and actions do not equal your conscious thoughts, decisions, and actions, which equals competing commitments. This leads to fear, frustration, doubt, uncertainty, imposter syndrome, shiny object syndrome. I mean, all these problems that we have that keep us from making money and building our business. And so money blocks are just money-based competing commitments. And so what happens is that 95% of us is run by our unconscious and only 5% by our conscious. So when 95% of you has a money block, it doesn't matter that the 5% of you want something, the 95% is going to win out every time. And so my whole business is built around helping people remove their blocks, reframe their beliefs and rewrite their reality. And so the first step is that they've got to understand what their money blocks are. And so the top three money blocks that I started to see was money is bad, money is scarce, and money causes stress. And under these, I think of these as paradigm blocks where there's a lot of beliefs underneath them. So, you know, if you have a money is bad block, you're going to you're gonna have a hard time charging what you're worth because you're going to think it's bad and wrong to charge money. It, it's not spiritual to make money. Money is the root of all evil. Uh, you know, what if people think I'm a greedy jerk if I make too much money? What if I turn into a bad person if I make too much money? And so you'll see this sabotage cycle will where entrepreneurs and who often have huge hearts and really want to make a big impact have a hard time charging what they're worth because they feel guilty about it. And they're like, oh, you know, like, oh, they don't have enough money and they want to help everyone. They want to give it away for free instead of having equivalent exchange where they go, I have value to bring in. It's okay for you to pay me equivalent exchange for that. So that's money is bad money block. Money is scarce is when people have these either or mentality and a lot of I'm not enough. And this is a lot of imposter syndrome. I'm not enough. There's not enough time. It's too late in my life. Um, I can't have a successful business and have a great relationship. And what, you know, like, like a lot of minimization of, of their abilities. And so it causes them to overwork to prove themselves and they typically over deliver and undercharge. And then in the money causes stress, this is one where you have this underlying belief that money causes stress. And, and this often happens, you know, I wasn't talking about the core of all these things, but let's say the money causes stress. You grew up watching your parents fight a whole bunch about money or be stressed about money, or maybe they made a lot of money, but they worked really, really hard for it. And so you didn't get to hang out with them as much as you wanted. And so you started to develop this idea that, oh, money causes stress. And so in order for you to not create a situation where money causes stress, you're going to limit the amount of money you make because you have this underlying belief that if I make too much money, it's going to be stressful. So you tend to avoid looking at money and you tend to minimize the, you want to minimize the stress around money. But what happens is you actually create more stress around it 
because we always create our unconscious fears. <laughs> so if you think money's going to cause stress, you create a situation where you're always working hard to make money. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, 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 by far the number one money block I see with high achieving entrepreneurs is that money causes stress or high achieving people in general, that they believe that money causes stress. And so there's, there's a lot going on in those money blocks. Yeah. That's really interesting. And it sounds like a lot of it is sort of learned throughout childhood. I mean, this is, you know, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I talk about my, th- my therapy sessions all the time. And like, this sounds like something that would be worked through in a therapeutic setting. Cause like we, as like parents try not to fuck us up. Right. <laughs> and indefinitely they're going to, we're just trying to like limit how much they fuck us up. Um, and same for our kids, but this is something that sounds like it starts at a young age. So how do you get over this stuff and how do you encourage people to actually charge what they're worth and how do you identify what you're worth? Yeah. So, so many good questions all in there. First, you're totally right. Uh, you know, I always like to tell people that this isn't about beating your parents up. It's about empowering yourself to change from today forward because your parents did the best that they knew how to do. Right. Oh, yeah. You can't oh, yeah, change yeah. the past. And I always tell people you got to let go of the regrets of the past and, and stop your victim mindedness from the past, blaming other people and go, OK, what am I going to do with this today and from this day forward so that I can empower myself? And, and you, you know, so th- that's the first thing. And then, yes, we learn these we learn these habits and we get these imprints. I call it your money OS, your money operating system, where your brain gets wired from the time you were born until your most impressionable science or sci- scientists are saying now zero to seven is the most impressionable time on our subconscious beliefs. So what happens is in your surroundings, it could be your parents, teachers, preachers, the movies, siblings, people you're hanging out with that are, you're getting downloads about money, you know? So you're hearing like you could, I, you know, directly heard, I grew up as a fundamentalist Christian. So I directly heard money is the root of all evil all the time, you know? So that's a, that's a big one. Right. And so that really causes a lot of interesting money blocks for people Mm -hmm. in that money is bad money block. And then, you know, you could have watched your parents fight. You could have been, you say your parents were divorced and one made a whole bunch of money and the other one didn't. And so you had this disparate lifestyle and it caused you to think things about men and money or women and money. Oh, I mean, and then that goes yeah. into how you relate to customers and clients or your partnerships, your intimate partnerships. And so it's, it plays out all over the place. And so the reason that it's so important to start to uncover those and my whole business is built around this quote by Carl Jung. He says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And so we think that what's happening is that that we have this faded destiny, which I used to think, right? I didn't have a lot of money. And I just thought, well, like wealthy people are just kind of born wealthy. I I can't get that. But really it was that you can learn how to be a money manifester, a money maker, a a money creator. You can, you can massively accelerate your wealth when you learn skills and align your energy and your belief system to make money. Right. And so that's what we want to set ourselves up for. And so the first thing I always have people do is write a money story. And I have them go through the money blocks profile because that's just a very easy thing to do. It takes two minutes and gives them a ton of information. And then I walk them through a money story. And then yeah, I have you know a whole bunch of fun strategies for charging what you're worth because you're right. People don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to think about it. They don't know how to value themselves in, the, in those first steps or, okay, first we've got to recognize the blocks so we can remove them. And so that's, that's in writing your money story. So for listeners, they can start by questioning their beliefs. And I love having people think, what was my very first memory of money? And everyone Mm -hmm. can always come up with something, you know, it's like, 
a powerful story in your mind. Yeah. Mine, um, like the, the earliest I can remember back. I mean, the earliest I remember back is like when I was a kid and like when I was in first grade, I got like a dollar a week. That was like my allowance. When I was in second grade, I got $2 a week. And my parents tried to teach me about like saving it up and, and, you know, being able to buy what I wanted, like whatever candy it was at the store or something. Um, and that's as far back as mine goes, but I, and no matter what, I think everybody's going to have trouble identifying what they're worth in a new industry, in a new setting, in a new entrepreneurial journey. Um, is there a way we can dive into that a little bit? Because I think that would be super useful for a lot of our listeners, myself included. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. give me some, uh, give me a practical scenario or a situation. I mean, one thing you want to do first is be setting up a business where it's your sweet spot business. Because I always love to teach people to make money doing what they love. Mm-hmm. And in the sweet spot of do what you love, do what you're skilled at and do what the market will pay for. Because you might really love something that's not marketable and, mm-hmm. and that's not going to work, right? You've got to mm-hmm. have that sweet spot. And so, you know, you want to start there. And that helps you tap into your zone of genius. And that helps you feel confident and get rid of all those competing commitments because you're aligned. Mm-hmm. If you've ever noticed, like there's some, there's some things that you get up in the morning and you're spontaneously inspired to take action. No one has to tell you to do it at all. You want to have a business where you feel that way. So it doesn't feel like you're constantly pushing a boulder up a mountain mm-hmm. and you don't like it, which is wild to think that so many people start businesses that they don't really enjoy because they get the daydream in their mind of making money. <laughs> like rest. Restaurants, yeah, it I sounds like. like work. A lot of people are yeah. like that with restaurants. They're like, I'm going to start a restaurant, but it's not because they love restaurants or because they yeah. are a chef. It's just because that that's that like the first thing they me. think of. And then they're like, hate their lives. Like, why? Why are totally. you doing that to yourself? Yeah. yeah. Right? And then you create a prison out of your business. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Why? but we do it no. all the time to ourselves. It's just a sabotage thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have trouble like not working, to be honest. Cause I, I, yeah, Travis and I, we, we, and a lot of the entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs we talked to, it's like, yeah, I'm, I had to literally like put in a curfew for me, be like after eight o'clock, I cannot work. And it's hard for me to stick to, but I just love this shit. So it's, well, and yeah. I would stay in that way, you know, do enjoy yourself. It depends on the balance in your life of what kind of people you have in your life. Like if you're coupled or, part, you know, whatever it is you know, you've got to decide like, what are, what is my value system? But I always, mm-hmm. I love it when people are inspired by their business and they want to work as much as they want. The, the issue with that is when people are working out of fear or they're working themselves to the bone for a quest in the future and they're not yep. enjoying the now, which is what most entrepreneurs do is that they're like pushing hard and grinding and, and having those long, long days and they feel stressed and they don't, mm-hmm. it, it, they're not completely enjoying it, which there's this mentality of like, Oh, once I get to this level, I'll be happy and I'll take some time off, <laughs> but they never get there because they've already created um, a habit out of being a, a workaholic and, and really being mm-hmm. addicted to stress. Like, we're mm-hmm. the, the money. I, I'm so curious what you got when you did the money blocks profile. You don't have to share, but I would be surprised if it wasn't money causes stress because money causes stress. Money block causes people to overwork and, and it's, uh, it, they're addicted to stress in, in a certain way. I've, I've been there for sure. I, like I've, I think, I don't know my, myself and a lot of my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial friends. I feel like we've been to a point where we do love this, but we set the bar really high. And a lot of my entrepreneurial friends are also bodybuilders, coaches. And so we have this like chase excellence type of mentality, really high bars being set. And then we're like, you know, we're chasing the bar, we're chasing the bar where we have it set really high. And then eventually we're like, you know what? I want to burn this whole fucking thing down. 
and <laughs> and you have to take a step back. And as fitness professionals, we're like preaching that people need to fall in love with the process, not the destination. And yet we don't take our own advice. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. Now with like understanding when, when we're first starting, I remember when I first started uh, my coaching business, I, especially as an online coach, I had no idea what to charge. So I looked to the market and I was like, okay, well, it seems like the market charges, you know, it was like between 200 and like whatever, $800 a month, whatever it is. Um, and I was like, well, I'm just starting out. I haven't really, I don't really have a lot of wins yet. I'll just start at the low end and charge like a hundred dollars or $200 a month. Mm -hmm. I think that, that when I first started, it was like a hundred dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Um, now I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that because when I, what I've noticed is as I've grown, as I've been able to achieve better results and as I've been able to charge more, um, my quality of client has also increased and it's taken a lot of stress off my plate because yeah. I'm dealing with the people I want to deal with. So what do you think about that process for like setting a price point? Is that what you would recommend or is there something deeper that way I should have done? It's interesting because you, you've got to have your own stretch zone that you are up leveling your income while you uplevel the people you work with. And it's partly experiential, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, you're not going to step into a new industry and feel complete, like stuck in imposter syndrome. And even if you don't have imposter syndrome, you just go, I'm new and people know I'm new. You're not going to start at the highest level in your industry. It, it, you know, like, because instantly what's going to happen is that you're going to trigger your inner critic fear and doubt. And, and it's going to go, you're full of crap. You cannot get that amount of money. And so you're going to sabotage before you even get started. And so you've got to start somewhere. So I like to have people set like stretch zone goals where, you know, they're, they know where they're at and they see their industry standard and then they set it right where they get just a little uncomfortable asking for that amount. And then we up it and up it and up it. Right. And that's going to be individual for different people different industries because some industries, yes, you can charge a lot more than others. And so until you build a really powerful reputation and have a lot of social proof, you're not going to be able to be at the very, very top of the industry. And so you got to start somewhere. And the thing is most, a lot of coaches, especially because they're so big hearted, they start, they give it away for free. They barter, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I've, I've worked mm -hmm. with people who were literally had a free program for a year, more than a year. And so, then, you know, when they started working with me, they, started charging for it. It was like, that happens all the time though, or where people cut their prices in half or where they barter. And then they're on the, you know, the crap end of the stick where they're not getting an equivalent exchange at all. And they're feeling resentful. And so what happens is when you undercharge and over deliver, you start to build resentment toward your business and toward your clients and the people you work with. And so that's a symptom of knowing you're not charging enough. And so that's when, you know, you want to stretch it to the next level. And so it, it takes, it, it's helpful to have someone help you. How do you talk about that? What do you charge? How do you take your current clients that you undercharged massively and start up leveling them? Because exactly like you're saying, you're going to start to attract people who are more committed and you're going to have more fun working with them. And then you have more buy-in from both of you mm -hmm. and then you enjoy your business again. Yeah. It makes a big difference. And I remember when I, I, I went from like a hundred dollars to $200 a month and then I had a client and this is kind of similar to your, your, your experience is I had a client who was like, Hey, so I'm going to pay you $300 a month now. Um, I hope that's okay. And I was like, 
Really? I was like, maybe I, I should love charge that. everyone three hundred dollars a month. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's then, another thing. You know, when you're not charging up, when your clients tell you you need to charge more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the people who are paying you want to yeah. pay you more money. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then yeah, from there it was like. I, I identify with the stretch zone concept because I remember going from like 300 to 350 and I was like, all right, let's see what happens. And it was okay. And then I was like, all right, maybe I'm good here. Maybe we'll try 400. Like, yeah. you know, and, and we're continuing to do that. Um, and we're, we're also continuing to over deliver. So I don't want that to like be swept under the rug. Like I always believe that I should be over delivering, um, but not necessarily undercharging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I, this, it's funny to say over delivering, deliver value. It doesn't need to be over delivering, just deliver awesome value, get your people results. And then you get equivalent exchange and you can charge what you're worth because you know your value, they know your value, and it's okay to ask for money in exchange for value. Yeah. Being able to be very certain about your value, I think is, is something that I've definitely struggled with in my in the past. And I think is it's probably really common for most entrepreneurs. It is. Yeah. Is that something that keeps like most of us stuck. Like I know you've, you, you talk about your competing commitments. Um, what are some other things that keep us stuck and like, how do we like actually break through? Yeah. It's stuck in making money or is, is stuck in making money and growing the yeah. business and yeah. growing in our confidence as an entrepreneur. The, the number one common thing is fear on any level. And it's, uh, and it's hidden. We, we don't, we hide our fear in a lot of ways. So I want everyone to know you are either in two states. You're either in inspiration or fear. You're either in joy or fear. You're either in really having fun with your business, your zone of genius or fear. And those are the only two places you can really be. And so anytime you're noticing yourself not enjoying your business, feeling stressed out, feeling overwhelmed, feeling resentful of your clients, wishing you made more money, you're in a state of fear and uncertainty and doubt. And if you're in that place, it's your job to start to notice that and go, okay, what am I going to shift? How am I going to play bigger in my zone of genius and continuously? My, my main motto and mantra that I align my whole business by is work less, make more, have fun. And that work less doesn't mean necessarily hours. It's I'm playing in my business because I enjoy what, enjoy what I'm doing. And, and for me, it has turned into working less hours because I've gotten way more efficient with my time. You know, your time is the the most valuable commodity you have. And so, you know, you want to work less, you want to make more and you want to have fun, meaning you're doing exactly what you enjoy. So you're learning the powerful art of dropping, automating and delegating. So anything that's not bringing you joy, anything that's not in your zone of genius is going to make you less money if you're playing there because you're going to get stressed out and you're going to feel resentful and you're going to feel frustrated. So you've got to learn how you can quickly drop the crap that doesn't matter or delegate or automate through systematization. And and that is where you can turn into a money-making machine and and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And and that you know when, when you're talking about this, I'm I'm thinking of like all the things that I've paid either people to do or for systems to automate or you know Travis and I have talked about this previously on a podcast like using Calendly to book our podcast yeah. so that we don't have to like spend the time going back and forth. Like, um, do you find that people who stress about money or who fall into one of these money block categories are afraid to spend money to make money? They're afraid to spend money to save themselves time. Is that common? Definitely. And that'd be a money is scarce person. So okay. money is scarce, meaning I'm, I'm afraid to let go because there might never be enough money. And so I'm going to work hard myself instead of delegating. And, and the truth about delegation is if you do delegation properly and powerfully, you should 
always be making money from delegating, right? Because you're getting to spend your time doing the things you're brilliant at, and that person's spending the time doing the things they're brilliant at, and that grows your business. Mm -hmm. And so powerful delegation is is a really great thing, but money is scarce. Money block people tend to be afraid to invest in their business because they are worried that the money's going to go away and they're not going to have enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely definitely have have that. You do? I, yeah, I, I was. Like. I, I recently added up my expenses, like, because I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, you're an online coach, your overhead must be really low. And I added it up and I was like, yo, that's kind of a scary number. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's challenging. Travis, what, like, what do you, what do you feel like you struggle with? Yeah, and it's so hard. This is always like the, this is the thing that's, this is the thing I struggle with the most. I feel like that's always plagued me is identifying things in myself. So like the question, one of the reasons why I hate it, always hated job mm, interviews is because like for me, the idea of answering a question, what are your three strengths and what are your three weaknesses are like, I'm never going to answer that question. <laughs> You're, you answer it. I can't, I don't know, dude. I can't tell you. You tell me, you know what I mean? You just make up some, you make up some shit they want to hear. Like yeah, my strengths I just are my weaknesses. Make my weaknesses up. are my strengths. Right. Yeah. I, I work too hard. I'm too dead. I work too hard. Don't sleep. I'm too detailed. I yeah. care too up until something's done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, so that's, that's, this is always like the hard question and why it takes kind of like a conversation to like get it out of me, I guess. But, um, I yeah. definitely can tell that I, I don't know. I, so I, I, I started off by charging like nothing same, you know, but I started my mm-hmm. business like two years ago. Not only did I start my business two years ago, but two years ago I had zero equipment, zero knowledge. So I think one of the things I've struggled with is like, I have been raising my prices and I'm just getting to a point where I'm like, I think I'm making like a, you know, an okay amount of money, but I'm not charging enough and I could charge more, but I've always felt like I just don't know enough. Like anybody that I work with has been doing this for like 15 years. And I'm like, like, you know what I mean? I don't But like, I think what I create is great. And, and I, and I deliver it's just, I definitely have had like some imposter syndrome about charging. Yeah. But at the same time, I do feel like I have a very clear goal in mind of like how much I need to know. And I'm always like working towards that. Like I have, you know, there's like certain things that I know, I feel I know exactly what I, what I need to know. And also because I am in media, I can see what I'm making. So if I see, like, I see what I want it to look like and I can see what I make. And so I'm like, if, if mine doesn't look like that, then I don't want to be charging what that person is charging, I guess, kind of. Okay. Okay. There's so many good things happening here. (laughs) So the the, the step point there is perfectionism, right? So imposter syndrome often leads to perfectionism and, and imposter syndrome makes us think we need more credentials than we need, because the only thing you need is to be a couple steps ahead of the people that you're working with, right? They don't have in their mind, all the people you're negatively comparing yourself to they have in their mind what they're looking for, but you're thinking at this higher, higher, higher level. And you're thinking once I get there, then I can charge this certain amount. So this is this perfectionist piece and the, the problem of negative self-comparison. And this is, I, I had a friend ask me once, what do you think you've noticed is like the number one problem all people have? And I'm like negative self-comparison. Yeah. Like we compare ourselves to other people and it causes us to, to feel like we're not good enough. We're not enough because they're ahead of us. And usually, especially in entrepreneurial businesses where we're looking at other people's businesses so easily online, 
you're looking at someone who's 10 or 15 years ahead of you often, right? Or maybe even yeah. three years ahead of you, but three years of business development is a long time. Yeah. And I know because I used to do this too, I would be like, I'd be looking at my main mentor who is 40 years in the business. And I would, I would be like, I'm not there yet. You know, and like, <laughs> I expect myself to what my website needs to look like his. It's like, he has lots of people, a huge team working on his website and he has years and years and years and years of content. Right. And so once I started to let go of that and go, one of my fun mantras there was screw perfection, just get started and play with it. Travis, like ask people for more money and see what happens. Like, because I, yeah, I, I guarantee have, you that you are undervaluing yourself based on your perception of it needing to be as good as the other people's. And that is not in their mind. So what happens is we project our money blocks and our fears onto the people we're working with and they don't have them. They don't, yeah. they're not looking at it through your eyes. Mm-hmm. I can, I can definitely confirm that uh, that, you know, like, cause I've done it too. I've, you know, in bodybuilding, um, even people that aren't coaches are incredibly knowledgeable. Like we're all obsessed with this. We're all obsessed with fitness, um, and, and, and with learning more and getting results. And so as a coach who's involved in the bodybuilding world, I was comparing my knowledge to other bodybuilding, other bodybuilders and bodybuilding coaches and not necessarily just like, other coaches or even just myself. And so I remember I went to an event where there was a lot of just like lifestyle coaches, not bodybuilding coaches. It wasn't a bodybuilding event. And I realized, holy shit. Yeah. I, I know a lot. Like I'm really good at this. Um, but it, it took like that moment for me to be like, why am I comparing myself to these people? And even still, it's hard to not do that. Yeah. Like the game of comparison is really hard to avoid. And I, well, yeah, I feel, well, I was just going to say like, I, this is a perfect example of like, I think when you're looking at yourself, sometimes you're even comparing the wrong things. And that's like, I can see that. Cause like your knowledge isn't really what a lot of people are going to pay you for. They're going to pay you for like, is he chill? Can I tell him about my like gut and digestion <laughs> bowel movements? Do I feel comfortable yeah. talking to this guy? Is he going to get me results? Do I like yeah. his shit? You know what I'm saying? Like they're not, yeah. they're not thinking like he's more knowledgeable than this person about this stuff. They don't even understand any of those words. So why, you know what I mean? Like, is it <laughs> yeah. easy? Does it get me results? Am I comfortable with it? Those are even the, you know what I mean? Like those are the things that I would look at. And so I'm the same way. Like I can't, I don't even know what to look at in myself. Like, (laughs) yeah, like this is where you, this is where charging what you're worth takes you looking at the results you get people and, and, and knowing that and knowing you can get the results for them and having that in your mind, because you're going to get different results with someone else based on their model, their system, even if they're in the exact same industry and they have the same title, you've got to know like, what results do I get me people and, and start stacking those benefits in your mind and those results in your mind, because then it raises your value on the, the, what you bring to the table. And then you forget the other people because who cares about the other people? They're not looking at all the other people. They were attracted to you for some reason. And you only need to be one or two steps ahead of them or be able to deliver on the thing that they're looking for because they just care what's in it for me. They're not thinking like, oh, Josh's biceps are two inches smaller than that guy. I don't want to (laughs) work with him. You know, like they're not thinking that they're thinking like, can you help me transform my health or, you know, or whatever it is that you deliver, you know, and and for you, Travis, same thing. So once you start to get that and you start to own your worth, you start to realize like for somebody out there, I am water in the desert. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. For someone out there, I am their solution that they've been praying for and looking for and hoping for. And, and that's how I define my value. That's, that's actually something I've, I used to try to tell myself, I used to tell myself, I think my business coach actually mentioned that to me and he was like, you shouldn't be afraid to charge because these people need you. It's not a lug. Like they don't want you. Like if they want to make a change, like they need you. And like for Travis's, Travis makes people a lot of money from the media that he puts out. It's like, if they want to grow their business, they need you. It's like you said, water in the desert is a great analogy, but we, we I think we have to continuously remind ourselves that. And so yeah, one thing that I wanted to get into is like, um, Obviously, our money blocks, even ours, which I, I wanted to uncover mine, and we I think we did a good, pretty good job of, of uncovering Travis' mine. Um, obviously, they get in the way of, of, of our businesses continuing to be profitable. Um, and what you just said, like to our potential clients or prospective clients, we are and our service is like water in the desert. You've talked about like practical manifestation habits. Is that kind of what we're getting into right now? Yeah. So I love this because people always think manifestation is like this woo woo word and they're like, oh, you know. I'm all for it. I yeah. love that. Right? Shit. No, I want yeah. to talk I, about I love that too. That people are more into yeah. that, you know, and the, here's the reality is that it is quantum physics and there's scientific evidence now. So it's really actually amazing at this day and age where we can start to measure things that have been being thought and perceived and talked about for a long time by let's say meta metaphysical type of people and now it's like oh yeah we can measure some of these things and it's awesome you know so i always think about practical manifestation as in the simplest form your thoughts create things so your inner world your outer world is a reflection of your inner world okay and so if you don't like what you're getting on the outside you've got to start changing what's within this is energetic alignment because when you're in the highest vibrational frequency you attract whatever your highest vibrational frequency is that's what you attract to you so if you're riddled with competing commitments you're going to be in a very low vibrational frequency because you're going to be living in that state of fear doubt desperation guilt shame all of those low frequencies that then attract people to you to prove your unconscious beliefs to be true. So people see what you project through what you're feeling and what you're emitting in your frequency. You can think of it like a a broadcasting station. And so you want to tune into the highest frequency you possibly can, which has to do with confidence training. You know, this, the whole money talk is really about confidence training. And I always tell people confidence is to know, love and trust yourself. So when you know yourself, you know what you want, you know what you're good at, you know what you enjoy, you know, your zone of genius. When you love yourself, you love all the parts of yourself. You're not trying to disown these parts that you think other people are going to judge negatively. You're embracing all those parts. And when you trust yourself, you know that you can get the resources and you can find the resources to get where you want to go which is, you know, where you want to go because you're confident. And in that confident way, when you live in your zone of genius and you do the things you love, that is when you become a law of attraction magnet for everything you want. And, and, you know, people call it like flow state when you're in flow, it's because you're aligned. It's because you've dropped your competing, competing commitments and your thoughts, your decisions and actions consciously are aligned with your unconscious thoughts, decisions, and actions. So you've eliminated those unconscious blocks and you're writing your own story, meaning you're a deliberate creator of your reality. So that that's practical manifestation. And there's very specific steps you can take. And that's what I love to teach people is like, okay, let's just shift your, your, the way that you think and feel, and you'll notice everything in your outer world starting to change. And so it's a strategic process of just like going to the gym. I, I love that you're a bodybuilder because I always 
tell people, do you think that if you just went to the gym once a month that you're all of a sudden going to have an amazing, beautiful body that you daydream about? No. Same thing with your money mindset. You're not going to be struggling with money and fearful about money. And then all of a sudden, you know, have one, listen to one podcast episode and then be fixed. Like it doesn't work that way. It's constant training. I do it every single day still. And, and I will for the rest of my life because you constantly take care of your mindset. You constantly nurture yourself so that you can expand and keep expanding your fullest potential, which, you know, when we think about manifestation, it, it, we, we could be as abundant as we want to be. It's up to us. We, we are the only limiters of our reality. There, there are a lot of people who like are very... Um you know, like they kind of like scoff at stuff like that. Like, you know, they think it's like woo woo or it doesn't work. And I just want to set the record straight because like I work, <laughs> I work with a lot of like, um, successful entrepreneurs, like doing media. And I just want to set something straight. Every single person that I know who is not doing well, scoffs at stuff like this. And every <laughs> single person that I know who's very successful practices this. So mm-hmm. like, that's it. Like that, that, that is just a fact. And, uh, so people, awesome. ne- people need to come to terms with that. Cause it's like almost laughable to me at this point when people are like, that shit doesn't work. I'm like, dude, you just complaining about how things don't work for you. Like, <laughs> fuck. So true. yeah, maybe you should change your narrative. Dude. Yeah. Like start believing in something. Look around yep. and, and open and your yeah, eyes. Those are the same people who like recognize that bad things happen in threes, but don't think that maybe good things happen in threes too. Yeah, totally. Like you attract what you believe. So yeah, yeah this is powerful. And I think it's, it's important to be able to, build this in ourselves and it's, it's hard. And sometimes it feels weird, but like, do you have any things like actionable things that people can do to practice this? You know, I've, I've practiced gratitude, like writing and writing, writing my gratitudes at night or in the morning. I've uh, like left sticky notes on my mirror. These are things that a lot of my clients struggle with Yeah, is they won't get the result. They won't like, for example, they won't lose fat if they keep on calling themselves fat. If they believe that they're a fat person, if they don't believe that it's possible for them to get in shape, if they don't believe they deserve it. So what are some things that we can do to help improve our, ability to like manifest money and confidence and the good things. I'll tell you the coolest habit I've been doing lately. And I've been doing it for about three months now and I'm blown away by how awesome it works. And I I've read about it before and I knew about it. And I just really started implementing it as a daily habit in the last three months. And I've been doing it with all my clients. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. So I'm sure you've heard of scripting before mm-hmm. or have you? I haven't. Have you heard I, of scripting I haven't. Before? What is it? Okay. So it's, it's a really cool strategy. You want to do it every morning. It actually, you could do it any time of the day, just get consistent about doing it daily. And you can, the thing I like about this habit is you could do it for five minutes or you could do it for an hour. It's up to you. Like just get in the habit of doing it every single day. And when you script, what you do is you write something as if it's already true. So I do this in my journal every morning and I write the date and I write scripting and then I just start and they can start, you know, people listening can start with this statement. I am so happy and grateful now that, and then just start writing it as if it's happened and you can choose the timeline. So you could say, let's pretend that you're launching a new program and you, and you, you want it to be really successful. You, you write it. I'm so happy and grateful now that 20 people are in my new program. You know, five people are getting these results and this result. And what happens with scripting, and you can do this for your whole life. You can do it for a specific event. You can just, just start playing with it. And the reason that it works so well is because when you're writing this out as if it's already true, you're fulfilling that uh, the Neville Goddard says, 
as fulfilling the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And when we, when we feel that something's already happened, our brain steps into a state of gratitude and it steps into the imagination and visualization of it. And our brain is a problem solving operating system and it doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. It doesn't know the difference. They've done studies before where people would imagine doing bicep curls and they literally grow muscle. Like they measurable muscle from imagining doing bicep curls. And so it's this really cool way of stepping into the feeling of the wish fulfilled writing it out. And then, and then what happens, then I take a couple minutes after that and I just meditate on it. I just listen to nice music and I just like keep playing about with it in my brain and I do it every morning. And and it becomes so real in my mind that like things just come to you and you're like, this is exactly what I scripted about. It's so fun. So Mm -hmm. it's a really simple habit that everyone here can do and everyone listening and, and just get in the habit of doing it, play with it and watch the magic happen. It's amazing. Mm. That's it's like a, it's like a written form of visualization. Exactly. And then the the meditation afterwards is what I really like. Um, Cause I do this. I do this all the time as like a performance freak. I'm always trying to improve my performance in the gym. If I have like a bad, lift uh it it i think about it all week like i obsess about it until i do it again and every phenomenal lift session i've ever had every massive pr i have thought about that the entire week and i visualized it um and this was before i ever like started writing things down um but visualization is an incredibly powerful tool like you said like if you learn how to visualize whether it's a movement, bicep curl, whatever it is, your brain actually thinks you're doing it. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, and then when you go to do it, it you're like, Oh, I've, I've done this before. Totally. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and the cool thing is that you are tracking for that reality to come true because you're training your brain in the direction of what you're focusing on. Right. And what you get, what you focus on expands. Okay, so what you're focusing on by scripting is what you want to create in the future, but you're feeling as if it's in the now. So your brain is getting rewired and trained to be set up for your success. And and our RAS, our reticular activating system, scans our reality for what we're focusing on. So when you start your day, this is why I like to start my day with scripting, but you don't have to, but it's a great way to go because then what throughout the day you're going to be tracking for validation of those things to becoming true. And you're going to be tracking for opportunities that you wouldn't have seen had you not set yourself up in your brain to look for it. So it's really fun to think about how your RAS works. Like you only notice what you're focusing on. And most people go, well, I'm focusing on making six figures. And then no, what you're focusing on is that you don't have six figures, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? They're freaking out in lack and desperation and fear. And so when you step into the, oh, okay, what will six figures give you in your scripting? And so you start writing out, I'm going to buy a new car. I'm going to pay off my debt. All right, I paid off my debt. So I'm so happy and grateful now that I have, I made six figures. I've paid off my car. I've paid off my debt. I've gone on a vacation. I have an investment account. My business is thriving. You're focusing on all the awesome things that are, that, that your brain goes, oh, cool. That's happening. And you start tracking and opening the door of opportunity to happen. I want, mm-hmm. I want to define like one thing really quickly because um, I think for like, especially for, you know, people who might be a little like cynical about it. Um, to me, it seems like it, it, it depends on the types of things that you're focusing on. So if you're saying like, I'm making six figures, I'm going on vacation, I'm paying my bills. Those are all things that you certainly can achieve regardless. But if you said like, 
I'm going to buy a Powerball ticket at this gas station and hit the Powerball on like Sunday. Like you're not like you're not you're not in control of something like that. Um, yeah. And so, so I you want to focus on what that'll get you. Right. Not exactly. The yeah. Powerball. Well, and that, yeah. that's my point is like, I think a lot of people are like, well, I can't just manifest a, you know, I can't just manifest like whatever, something that, yeah, of course you can't like break the laws of like reality, but like, yeah, that doesn't mean yeah. that there's not going to be losses along the way to, uh, that are then l- lessons, which then turn into like your, your final outcome anyways. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, what, what yeah. are the, like the things that you focus on? If that makes sense. Well, what you're talking about is really important because people get really stuck here in manifesting is that they get really hyper controlling about the way it's going to happen. And yeah. that stalls the manifestation. So in that example, it'd be that they're focused on, I'm going to win the lottery to get rich versus I versus scripting about, okay, let's say the, you know, the, the lottery is that they want to win a million dollars. So they, they start writing in their scripting about what they're going to be doing and what they're going to be experiencing and what they're going to be feeling as they have the, mil, the, the million dollars. And they're not worrying and writing the house. So you're not writing any of the house in scripting. You're not writing down how you got there. You're writing down as if you already have it. Right. That way the universe can bring you the way for it to happen. And it could be through something totally unforeseen. It could be the lottery. It could be an investment you make. It could be someone brings you an opportunity that you don't even know the person currently right now. And they come into your, you know, your vicinity because you've started thinking in this way. And, and now your doors of opportunity are open for it. So when you're, when you're focusing on these things, you want to let go of the house. So my three-step manifestation process is clarity. So you've got to know what you want. And, and that, and knowing what you want means like, what's the long-term vision that you want to create? And then you've got to take steps in the direction, one step at a time. You don't need to know all the steps. You don't need the whole, know the whole way. You take one step at a time. And then you got to let go of the house, meaning you've got to let go of all the details. And it, it's not your job to figure out all the details. Uh, Rumi says, as you take one step along the way, the way appears. And I love this because people get really stuck thinking they got to have the whole plan. You don't have to have the whole plan. You just need to take the first step and then the next step. And then the whole bunch of opportunities will open up to you that you just can't even see right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's like random, you know, there's random, I, I think like for me, what I've noticed is like when I started, when I started kind of like doing, doing stuff like this, like letting go of the house. Cause like, if you're focused on, like you're saying like that, the outcome, it could be, you hear somebody say something at, like a Starbucks that you don't know. And you're like, Oh shit, that's what I'm trying yeah. to do. And then you talk to that person and then it's an opportunity. Whereas if you exactly. just have your blinders off, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't, you don't have to like believe in anything to understand like how this, this works. Like if yeah. you're, if you're, yeah, if yeah. you're focused on something and you're open to it, then you're going to notice things around you that are happening. And s- s- all of a sudden things that are like mm-hmm. luck are becoming things that you can like identify and jump on. And you're like prepared yes. to do that instead of having like your blinders on and just like going through life and like, Oh no, 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 nothing works. It's like, yeah, well then you're never going to be in a position to like go up to a random person that you overheard talking about something and like shoot the shit with them and then get an opportunity. Like that's how it like practically happens, you know? Yes. I love that you're saying this because it's, that's exactly how it works because the blind, what the blinders on is, is hyper control. High achieving people who are goal driven tend to have plans and be in control and they don't want to let go of control, which means they're also in control of the timeline. They're going like, I have a goal set for this date at this time and in this way. And if it doesn't happen that way, I didn't achieve my goal. And the truth is they might, 
And it's going to feel like crap as they're doing it because they're not doing exactly what you're talking about, which is being open to easier opportunities. So that's part of the thing I love to say, like there are easier ways to make money. I always teach people there are easier ways to make money. You're making it way harder than it needs to be through that hyper-controlled planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm laughing as I'm thinking of, you know, some of my coach friends, we're, we're all in a group chat and uh, I... I'm one of the most easygoing people in the group. Like my, like the motto is it's going to be fine. Every time someone's freaking out, they come to me. They're like, dude, tell me it's going to be fine. I'm like, it's going to be fine. And I, there was one conversation I was having with one of my coach friends and she was like, how come we make the same amount of money and you don't give a fuck? And I was like, <laughs> probably cause I don't care. Like, I don't care how it happens. Like it's going to happen. I believe in it. I believe in myself and I know it's going to happen. I don't stress about the details. Um, and it's, I think it's hard for a lot of, like you said, really goal oriented, high performing people to get to that place. But it's one of those things where like, if that's what's holding you back from success, then that's what's holding you back from success. So you have to break through that barrier and that's going to be hard. Well, don't reinforce that it's going to be hard though. Right. True. True. Doesn't have to be. <laughs> doesn't yeah. have to be hard. Right. Right. <laughs> like it's, you're going to learn and you're going to grow, but that, that, that exact statement, it comes out of our mouths at so commonly. I still mm-hmm. train myself out of it. I'm like, is it going to be hard? Does it have to be hard? Why am I saying it's going to be hard? Why am I re- reinforcing that it's going to be hard? What if it could be really, really easy, you mm-hmm. know, and it could yep. be because, you know, when you're in that state of flow, things come to you very easily. I've, it's been so fun. Like I'll, I'll have a thought in the morning and I'll go, like the other day, I was like, oh, I'm ready to be a YouTube influencer. Like uh, that's the next level for me. And and so I, I stated this, I wrote it in my journal. I was daydreaming about it. And then the, the, it was the next day, literally the next day, a this company messaged me in my email and was like, hey, we're, you know, we're looking for people like this. Here's who we worked with. We want to work with you on your YouTube channel. Like, wow. Well, like, how cool is that? (laughs) You know, it's just just like, and it happens to me all the time now because I get clear. So it doesn't have to be hard. It can be really easy. So we want to start shifting, reframing the, you know, it's going to be hard. Like I hear people, I used to say this all the time, like relationships are hard. No wonder I had such hard relationship times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I said that my whole life, relationships are hard. Now I'm like, relationships are amazing. They're easy. They're fun. I love my partner. You know, it's like, yeah, it's awesome. And And money, money making is fun. Money making is easy. It doesn't have to be hard. So like, I like to reframe people's minds and beliefs and and retrain their brain in that direction and and catch yourself when you do it. Like when you say it's going to be hard, you're creating that reality for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. So, so in the future, because I probably say that a lot more than I believe, um, when we catch ourselves saying that, is that just a, a recognize you said it and then be like, well, why does it have to be hard? Yeah. Yep. Go or, or just go instantly reframe it when you catch yourself and you go like, it could be totally easy, (laughs) right? Like just reframe it instantly and just train your brain. And then what will happen is your brain will start to have the path of least resistance be it's really easy. Ooh, how could it be easy? One of my favorite mindset switches is how can I, or how can it be? So it's like, Ooh, how can it be easy? What if it were super easy? You know, it's like letting your brain explore the option of, of what you didn't, haven't been trained to believe because we are told most of our life. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to make a lot of money. is hard to have a good relationship. is hard to have a successful business is hard to build an amazing body is hard to grow. Your media is hard. Like 
we hear this over and over and over again. So I want, you know, we need to start to retrain our brain. Like, Ooh, how fun is it going to be? How much fun can I have? How easy can it be? And always thinking there are easier ways to do this process. Do th- like do think, what's the easiest, most joyful way to do this process. Do you think like saying it's going to be hard comes maybe almost from a, f- a place of fear because the only way that they know is the hard way. And the idea of like learning the easy way sounds hard, difficult. Like, it's like, I have to do something totally different. You know what I mean? Like, I already know how to do this. I'm just going to keep doing this, even though it's the hard way. And there's the easy way right here. But it's like, it either costs money or there's whatever, some excuse. Yeah. I find myself doing that for sure. I'm like, well, I know what I'm doing here, but it's like, I know there's a better way. I'm just not doing it. Like, (laughs) yeah. So, so again, mm-hmm. that's that addiction to stress yeah. and the addiction uh, people have a, and this is going to sound really weird because we all think we want to feel amazing, but we're actually addicted to feeling bad. Mm-hmm. So one of the meditations I started doing about a year ago, cause I realized this, I'm like, God, I, I have the money block, like money causes stress and I'm addicted to like hard work and I'm addicted to, to proving myself and, and showing people how productive I am by how much I work. Like it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> like what if it's fun and easy and flowing and playful. And so I started doing this meditation, I am willing to feel better and better every day. And I would just say it over and over. I would just sit and meditate. Like I am willing to feel better and better every day. I am willing to let things be easy. I'm willing to enjoy my time because it's, it's to me, the, the, when we say it's hard, it's a proving we need, we're trying to prove ourselves to ourselves and to other people. And, and we're a lot of, especially guys struggle with this. Like hard work is admirable. Like mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to, to prove yeah. that you did no it the hard off. way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'm tough and I'm strong and I did it through hard work. And, and that's something that's admirable instead of being like, what if it's just fun and easy and, and playful and, and light and it brings you peace. And, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, that things change in the terms of like, maybe you spend the same amount of time doing the thing, the way that you do it, the way you feel about it comes out in your language. And that's how, that's why I love to work with people on money stories, because it comes out that I can see it, or just on money in general, because when we start talking about money, I can hear what they're saying and in, and very quickly get to their money blocks or their unconscious competing commitments, because what you're saying out loud is what you're thinking unconsciously. Mm-hmm. That's really fascinating. And I, I think this was a, a really cool way to end an episode on like fear of money and, and struggles in improving because really like what it comes down to is like, you're the only one in your way. Like if, like you said, like if it's hard, it's probably cause you're making it hard and that's really easy to say. And I'm even saying that as someone who literally just said that's going to be hard. And Like it's really easy to say, it's really easy to think like, okay, well, yeah, I'm in my way. Maybe I'm just making it hard, but the visualization, the scripting, the like gratitude, the, um, what did, uh, Travis, what did, uh, Michael unbroken call your, your like 10 commandments almost. Do you remember what that was? He had a really great process, but it was really, it was all designed towards enforcing belief in yourself. And I think it's going to be interesting when people are like, listen to this episode, like, cool. I can't wait to learn about like what my money block is. And we're like, it's you. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah, people hate or love that because it's, it's so liberating to be like, I'm the creator of my reality. And it's also like, well, shit, if I don't like what I'm getting, I'm the creator of my reality. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, Ooh, that, yeah. That's yeah. Part. Yeah. So it's, it, this has been 
absolutely phenomenal. It's been really eye-opening. I've been having a really good time with the conversation, but like we've learned a lot. We've learned about money blocks, how to overcome them, what they might be for each individual, whether it's scarce, it's uh, bad, money is bad, money is scarce, money causes stress. Talked about competing commitments and what are what's stunting people from our growth. And then absolutely phenomenal ending about believing in yourself, self-worth, visualization, and scripting. So this has just been phenomenal. Um, I, I would love to be able to leave the listeners with, I know we've left them with a lot, but like a little bit more, something else. And I know um, you do have like a quiz that people can take. So what, what are a couple things that we can leave the, the listeners with and what's something that you would say our listeners can do like right now to start improving their relationship with money? All right. Awesome. Um, right now they can go to my YouTube channel (laughs) and watch, I've got a ton of awesome videos. So I like to give free resources and then ways that people can work with me paid. Um, so free resources, NFA money, if they go to NFA money, which stands for no fucking around money. So NFA money is my YouTube channel and that's my company name. (laughs) And so there's tons of awesome videos there in 2022. We'll be ramping up and doing three releases a week. So there's right now we do one. Sometimes we've done two. We're going to, we're going to do three because 2022 is our big year to build YouTube huge. So, so go there. Lots of awesome resources. Um, the money blocks profile. So if they go to moneyblocksprofile.com, they can take the money blocks profile in two minutes and find out their top money block and get a whole bunch of awesome resources uh, from that. Um, I have a course that's very inexpensive and it's the first step I walk my clients through. Well, after the money blocks profile, but this one's it's 97 bucks and it's a rewrite your money story. So if they go to rewrite your money story now.com, it's an online course they can take. It's DIY. It's got everything there to, I mean, step by step by step to help you write, rewrite your money story and train your brain in the direction of letting go of your money blocks and rewriting your money story. And then uh, in terms of charging what you're worth, I just launched my charge what you're worth bootcamp. So that is for online entrepreneurs who want to take their business to six figures plus to learn everything we've talked about in this episode, how to remove your money blocks, how to uplevel your value, how to design and structure your packages, your programs, pay for it in a full, awesome program with other entrepreneurs who are, are, I call them, you know, badass NFA entrepreneurs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love the NFA part. That's uh, like resonates with me heavily. Um, but this is, I mean, this is fascinating. You guys like to the listeners, this is something that every entrepreneur is going to struggle with. And every person is probably going to struggle with at some point in their life. Um, I've invested in business coaching and obviously I like, I have a high performance therapist and I've spent a lot of money to try to overcome some of these things and I'm still working on them. And even I was able to learn a lot from today. So I like what Amanda's offering is absolutely phenomenal. A lot of great resources, a lot of low cost free resources. Um, and really no matter what the cost is, if you've found anything helpful from this episode, then I think you can understand that this is, you, you have to spend money to make money and this is an investment. Um, so it's been really awesome talking to you, Amanda, and I've learned a lot. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's, it's just been phenomenal. I've really enjoyed it. Me too. I could talk to you guys for hours. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Luckily, we're all in Colorado, so maybe yes. when every when when I get back to Colorado, um, maybe we'll we'll finally get some skiing and snowboarding. Yeah. I would really enjoy that. That'd be fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on and for spending uh, you know a good amount of time with us. And you know, it's it's been absolutely fantastic to all the listeners who have tuned in to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast. Thank you, and we will see y'all next week. <laughs>